I'm probably at the podcast stage of quarantine now. I'm President Joe Biden. I'm here on Goofcast. Yeah, I'd rather be in a cast. Something appears to be wrong with my radio dial. That's just Goofcast, punk. You listen to Goofcast. Please stop goofing on me. Hello and welcome to Goofcast, episode one. My name is Michael Prims. I'll be your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Off the bat, I know what you're thinking. Oh God, another guy with another podcast. Why do I want to listen to this idiot prattle on for hours on end about stupid shit? Thinking he's Joe Rogan, inviting musicians and scientists and people, big personalities that we want to hear from. And then spending hours talking about, hey, oh, you guys ever watch boxing? Oh, that Mike Tyson, that guy hits hard. He works out and he trains and then he hits so hard. Do you watch boxing? Uh, Well, no, not really. I'm a molecular scientist. Well, molecular science is actually a lot like boxing and weightlifting and jujitsu and training yeah uh this is not going to be that i'll tell you what we're gonna try for the first episode to not go over 20 minutes okay 20 minutes if if i do 20 on the dot that's like less time than a sitcom okay so it's not i'm not gonna go on for hours on it maybe if the show gets really popular and you want to hear me go on for hours then oh your wish is my command but for now, we'll keep it short. We'll keep it sweet. I want to talk about some stuff, some funny stuff, and I want to talk about some movies and some stuff going on in the world of music. Here at Goofcast, we're pop culture focused, but also want to make you laugh and smile. So to start off here, uh, maybe two months ago, I entered into an online auction because they have closed down after, I think, 30, 40 years, they've closed down the Guinness Book of World Records Museum at Clifton Hill in Niagara Falls, Ontario. I was there for a long time. Just shitty museum. Like, you know, that, that book did not need to be turned into a museum. They have things that's like, oh, like, world's fastest bobsled. And they have, like a like, a piece of the bobsled that he was in, like, you know... Who cares? And even some of them, it's like like fastest guy to climb a rope. And they have like a hanging rope in the middle of the museum. And it's like, you try. How fast can you climb the rope? Or like fastest guy to stack cups. Here's a bunch of cups. Can you beat his record? And it's like, wow, I just paid to do a bunch of stuff that I could do like in the aisles of a Home Depot. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's been there forever. And it recently closed down. Now, I have a lot of childhood nostalgia wrapped up in the world of Clifton Hill and Niagara Falls. My parents would always bring me there a couple times a year. It's a very cheap little getaway for, you know, people living in the in the greater Toronto area. And uh, as like a young kid who was like, you know, pretty into horror, I was always amazed at uh, how many haunted houses were in the Niagara Falls, Clifton Hill area. At one point in my life, like the early 2000s, there was seven haunted houses. That's too many for just a place that's focused around a waterfall. Like it was literally like Halloween town over there year round. Seven haunted houses, three of which that were on the main strip of Clifton Hill 
like our like Las Vegas Strip, there's Frankenstein's haunted house, there's Dracula's haunted house, and then there's the haunted house. Uh, they didn't they didn't get any uh, any Universal Monsters branding for that one. They didn't want to do the Invisible Man haunted house where you're going through it and it's like, oh, I guess the phone is dialing itself. Ah, there's a floating hat. Uh, they didn't want to do that, so it's just called The Haunted House. And it's, like, by far the most janky of the three. Like, I, I remember I went through it when we, like, uh, we went up to Niagara Falls, like, for March break when I was in the 12th grade. And we went through it, and I was, like, drunk off my ass, but, like, I was ready to be really scared. And it was really, like, uh, you know when they set up a haunted house for, like, charity in, like, a community center? Or, like, in, like, a church basement? Or, like, if if you've ever, like had like a Halloween dance-a-thon at school for Halloween and they set up like a haunted house where it's like you're, you're going through it and it's just like black curtains and you're like, ah, a skeleton, ah, a spider web. And then there's like a witch and she's like, come, come and feel the intestines. And it's just like spaghetti. Like that's pretty much what that one is. And the spaghetti is just taken from uh, one of uh, the many uh, Niagara Falls Mamma Mia Cacarias. It's uh, good uh, Italian food made by good Ita- Italians. I can't even say it. That, that's how Italian I am. I can't even say Italian wrong. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, every uh, if you every Italian restaurant in Niagara Falls has a Godfather Im- impersonator. Uh, here you want the Alfredo sauce? Well, you're gonna have to do a favor for me and my family. You're gonna have to pull out your phone. And give us a five-star review on TripAdvisor or Google Maps. Forget about it. Like, you know, bullshit like that. Uh, Anyway, really off topic. There's lots of haunted houses there. I would love to go through the rest. Uh, Nightmare's Fear Factory, which is probably the scariest haunted house there. They actually, a friend told me, they recently uh, reopened under a strict capacity limit uh, because of COVID. And uh, just thinking, yeah, those those guys are probably really scary six feet away. And guy's just like, rah, from like so far away. He's like in the Michael Myers mask, but also there's like an N64 mask. What did I say? N64 mask? Jesus Christ. N95 mask. Now, he didn't put the freaking uh, uh, Wario on his face. He put the, the N95 mask on top of the Michael Myers mask. Anyway, I digress. We're going back to the Guinness World Records Museum. So the Guinness Book of World Records Museum closing down and they're auctioning off everything in the museum. And I was like, damn, I got to take a little piece of Clifton Hill for myself. For the nostalgia, and I think it'll be cool to, you know, put somewhere in my house. It'd be pretty sick. So I went on the website, and I found this, like, this record for JFK. It was, like, world's shortest speech. It was just him going, like, yeah, rah, 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 and, like, that was it. Like, like, like while drunk uh, on, the, on the White House lawn. And uh, I, I really wanted it. Like, they had, like, a cool, like, you know, sort of, like, 50s-looking caricature of JFK on it. So I put down a bid, and then in the two months leading up to the auction, people kept outbidding me. I kept putting bids. So the the day of the auction comes, it's a Friday, and it's like directly after I finish work. So I finish work, and I start uh, making some ribs, making some uh, black molasses ribs, which actually turned out really well. 
And as I'm making the ribs, it dawns on me, oh, the auction's starting. So the auction was in the form of a live stream, so I loaded it up on my phone, thinking that the phone would suffice to have near me as I'm making these ribs. And as I open the phone, they're auctioning off the world's tallest man, who has been at the front door of this museum for the past 40 years, and also his accessory, the world's tallest man's chair. World's, ta- world's largest, I don't know if it's the world's largest, no, that doesn't make sense. They would be the world's largest chair because it was smaller than the world's tallest man. But it was like, uh, like a model of, of, of the chair that, that he would have sat in, being as tall as he is. And you could take pictures in the chair. And, you know, I have pictures of myself in the chair at three years old. I have pictures uh, of me in the chair at 23 years old. It was a staple of the, of the Clifton Hill Strip. But I went on to see the interface for where I have to bid when the the JFK plaque comes up. And I accidentally pressed swipe to bid 1500 for this world's tallest man in his tall chair. And I went, oh, shit. Like, I don't don't want this thing. What the hell have I done? And they did uh, three and a a, a, a two and a a, a one and it sold to the highest bid. I'm like, holy shit. I friggin' bought this damn tall man by accident and i was beside myself like my god this is 1500 usd it's almost 2000 canadian for this tall man who's eight feet i can't even get him in my house this 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 demon this golem like are they gonna ship him in half i gotta put him together once he's in and like not even like forget that i also have to own this tall chair that's had the coagulated asses of 40 years of business to have this thing in my house in the middle of a pandemic. Probably some guy had COVID ass out on it. Now it's mine. I don't want it. What am I going to have to do? Leave this, leave this guy on the lawn like a scarecrow? Like, I don't, I don't want this at all. Uh, anyway, I, like the entire night, I kept checking my credit card statements. Was not charged for the tall man. And I ended up, uh, I was hands in the rib as the jfk was called so i didn't get that even though i bid in advance 400 usd and it sold for 400 usd but to the guy who was present at the auction sorry the ribs needed tending at that point in time uh so i i didn't get either thing didn't get the tall man or the tall chair or the jfk plaque but i i would be really curious as as to the box it would be very funny to imagine like two guys pulling this this eight foot statue of a man uh, out of the back of a UPS truck and like just like leaving it on my porch, like ringing the doorbell and like waving to the camera and then like leaving this gigantic tall man and his tall chair on my porch. Didn't happen though, thankfully. In other news, my grandmother got the vaccine today, the first dose. Big celebration in my house, but uh, she's not out of the woods yet. Needs the second dose. But I went to go visit her today and ask how she was doing. And she pointed to the part of her arm where the vaccine was applied. And she said... Then I looked at her arm and I saw the Xbox 360 flashing red ring, so I think something might be wrong. Anyway, just kidding about that. We are a pro-vaccine podcast, and we're also a pro-mask podcast. 
And if you're listening to this podcast with your mask under your nose, got a question for you. When you have sex, do you put the condom on your balls? Cover that damn nose, bro. Really pisses me off. It's like, uh, it's it's classic like, oh, so I got to wear the mask? Well, I'm going to wear the mask my way. What's just cover my whole face what the fuck i can't fucking breathe it here and it's like buddy if an essential worker can you know wear the mask properly for hours on end then what do you have to complain about going into a bakery for 20 minutes i just want to go and just grab the nose like three stooges and and just twist it here in toronto we have uh the anti-maskers who gather in the streets of downtown to uh, protest uh, with hugs over masks. Like the mask is like a a malicious negative thing that's being done to them. And the only thing that can fix that is love. Uh, We have a guy, his name is, he goes by Chris Sky. He is the leader of the anti-maskers in Toronto. He's just some rich, like muscle head dude who uh, his full-time job is to uh, not wear a mask and tell people about it. But the most ironic thing about this guy is that he spits when he talks. It's the funniest thing ever. He makes these videos where he's like, Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you guys how to go into Best Buy and not wear a mask. Hi, everybody. I have a, me- I have a medical condition. It's called rabies, and I don't have to wear my mask. Thank you very much. Like, this guy is so funny. I actually go on his profile and just laugh. He was recently on uh, InfoWars with Alex Jones. And uh, that that table must have been, like, covered in spit. Just uh, an oasis, I would imagine. Okay, we are almost 15 minutes in, and we're going to transition from the bits to talking about some movies and some music that I enjoyed over the past week. So, for Goof Cinema, the movie of the week that I encourage you to check out is Drive 2011, starring Ryan Gosling. Uh, this is not Drive the Incubus song, uh, which is a pretty decent song. One of the only good songs by Incubus released after the Science album, I would say. Honestly, like, the Incubus songs, if you really look at them, it's like pieces of a breakup letter. There's like, like, wish you were here, I miss you, I need you, come back, where did you go? Like, I don't know what's with that, but uh, if you, let's have a little competition. Uh, If you could take the titles of Incubus songs and arrange them into a narrative and uh, make it cohesive and send it over, we will read them on the next podcast. And whoever has the funniest one will... I'll send you uh, a Tim's gift card, $5. So anyway, forget Drive by Incubus. We're talking about Drive by Ryan Gosling, who uh, is the actor in the movie, did not direct it. It was directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, uh, which I have definitely said wrong. But yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Great acting performances throughout. Loved Albert Brooks as the villain. Uh, really sold it to me, even though I couldn't uh, stop picturing Marlin from, uh, is it Marlin or Martin? The f- the main fish from Finding Nemo, who's not Nemo, who's his dad. Kept imagining him in my head. 
And uh, Ryan Gosling, you know what? A lot of people label Ryan Gosling as a pretty face hunk of meat, but he really sold the role. And he was really able to convey the character's emotions in this movie really without saying many words. So uh, it was a pretty uh, impactful performance. I like the little wink and nod to Toronto in the movie by Ryan Gosling driving around and listening to a play-by-play of the LA Lakers against the Toronto Raptors. Even though Ryan Gosling is not from Toronto, he's from London, Ontario, a local shithole. Sorry to the to the Londoners out there listening to this. Uh, I went there once uh, to see a concert, and I bought some comic books, and I went to go grab something to eat in like a subway, and I left the comic books on the table as I was grabbing napkins. And some guy was like, hey, man, is that your shit over there? And I'm like, uh, yes. And he said, uh, you might want to keep better eye on that. You know, people just steal a ref from under you. And I was like, oh, I like I thought this was like the the town square of London. Like I wasn't like in the back streets, like the city hall was right next to me. I was like on their main strip and I had to worry about the somebody somebody stealing the walking dead number 98 from under my fingertips. But anyway, uh, enough about London ON, back to uh, Drive. Uh, I could see some people not liking this movie because the scenes are kind of long and drawn out. That's a little bit art house esque But personally, I didn't mind this because the movie just drew me right in and it kept me wanting more. Like I was really uh, engulfed in the, in the ambiance of the movie. And speaking of the ambiance, this movie sort of started the whole synth wave aesthetic craze of like, you know, these, these eighties, uh, motifs and synth wave music. It's got the bang or night call by Kavinsky in the movie, along with, uh, a real hero by college and electric youth two synth wave staples. And it's like, this was one of the movies first pieces of media rather to start the synth wave movement along with the video game Hotline Miami, also really responsible for it. And now it's all over the place. It's in Stranger Things, it's in Call of Duty Cold War, and even the mainstream artists of the day like The Weeknd and Dua Lipa are paying tribute to Synthwave in their music videos, in their music itself. Dua Lipa did it uh, on her most recent album, Future Nostalgia, should just change your name to Drive Alipa as a nod to the movie Drive. Yeah, some great, uh, you know, it's not an action-packed film by any means, but there's some great action scenes and some uh, some nice violent action scenes that I enjoyed that I didn't really expect. And uh, just to cap this movie review off, the movie could be summarized by the song A Real Hero, specifically in the chorus when it says, A Real Human Being and a real hero. Many philosophies and religions have argued that in order to live a full life as a human being, you need to find what drives you. And our driver in this film finds exactly that. Eight and a half out of ten, Goofcast says, check it out. Also in movie news, just very briefly, I watched the Britney Spears documentary. A good story presented well. I would recommend it. It's on Crave. For my fellow uh, Canadians who don't have access to Hulu. Uh, yeah, enjoyed it. The paparazzi should be... You know, I really hope that, like, with the decline in popularity of, like, 
those you know us weekly magazines at the at the grocery store like i don't know anybody in my general demographic who's buying those magazines i hope that the that the paparazzi sort of uh dies a little bit but then you have like the hollywood fix going after like tiktok stars going like Hey, is it is it true that uh that you you got broken up with and that you're gonna have a new boyfriend? And the girl's like, ah, excuse me, I'm twelve. Uh, but yeah, hey, I I can't stand that shit. And I would love to go to the grocery store, look over at the magazines, and it's just Archie's comics. Now let's talk about some music. This episode's album recommendation is "Collapsed in Sunbeams" by Arlo Parks. This is Arlo Parks' debut album. I was really looking forward to it prior. It, I've only heard, you know, singles here and there. I think she's released a, a few EPs, but nothing close to a, a fully fleshed out album. And I've always been a fan of her, and I really enjoyed this. It's an excellent neo-soul album with lyrics that read like poetry. The lyrics are very poignant, very vulnerable, and Arlo sing, seems to sing about a lot of people that she has known in her life. On the song Hurts, the person who she's singing about Reminds me of me in the summer of 2017. It's a guy who's watching Twin Peaks, getting drunk, and just lying in his bed depressed. Uh, That was me in that summer. Uh, Pretty depressing summer with the only silver lining being the return of Twin Peaks, which was amazing. Oh my god, one of the best seasons of TV that maybe I've ever seen in my life. I love the jazzy percussion all over the album, especially on the song Green Eyes. And if you're a fan of the internet, Leanne La Hava's Charlotte Day Wilson, that neo-soul sort of jazzy mix uh, of music, I recommend this. I'm also giving this an 8.5 out of 10. Goof Radio says, check it out. I want to talk about the new Weezer album, OK Human. Not sure if that's a play on uh, OK Computer. But uh, I don't think that uh, Weezer should be comparing themselves to such an amazing album. A lot of people were telling me, oh, we should check this one out. It's not like the other Weezer albums, the, you know, 20 shitty albums they've released over the past decade. This one's really good. It's like Baroque pop. If you like Sufjan Stevens, you'll love this one. And they said the same thing about the White Album. Should have just been called uh, Running Out of Colors by Weezer. And the White Album, eh, it was okay. You know, I'm a a real old head when it comes to Weezer. I love Pinkerton. I love the Blue Album. And I don't like anything since. And that one scratched a bit of the itch, but uh, it wasn't totally there. This album, however, I didn't like it at at all. It's just... I... I'm so sick of Rivers Cuomo's quirky little lines and geek hero motif. I think that the cultural moment that existed where Rivers was the champion of the irreverent nerds has come and passed. I think it saw its heights and died with the Big Bang Theory. Like, like there's, I remember I was, I was going for a walk, and I was like, okay, let me put the new Weezer album on. I heard, uh, all my favorite songs are slow and sad, and I'm like, Well, didn't like that one. On to the next one. And the next track starts with the line, what's playing at the arrow, some French noir flick. I can't sit next to humans. I'm agoraphobic. And I deleted the album off my Spotify at that moment. I, you know, there's a a, a wheezing. Uh, (laughs) 
you know what? <laughs> There's a valid reason why I haven't tuned in for any Weezer music in the past 10 years, and I regret breaking that trend. Daft Punk broke up, releasing the statement, Beep, boop, beep. We don't want to be a band anymore, even though over the past eight years we have not released any music except for the soundtrack of Tron. You know, it really wouldn't have taken much to release a follow-up to Random Access Memories making the same disco instrumentals but hiring a new school of musical artists, but we chose not to. And, uh, yeah, they, they came out with this really, like, sappy video of one of them, like, blowing up. And, uh, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't really down for it. I mean, I love Daft Punk. They have put out some awesome music, and I was down to hear more. It's kind of a shame. But really, in the past eight years, what would it have taken to release a follow-up to Random Access Memories or to go out on the follow-up to Random Access Memories? They could have had the same classic brand of Daft Punk, rave, neo-disco production with the stars of today. You could have had uh, Billie Eilish crying on there. Could have had uh, Dua Lipa, Drive a Lipa coming on. Could have had The Weeknd, even though they already did that. Drake, like whoever. They could have worked with anybody and it would have been awesome. Like, you know, Random Access Memories is very much a snapshot of 2013 with Pharrell, who was months away from releasing Happy, uh, God Help Us All, and Julian Casablanca's that was, you know, killing at the time. Um, even now, I guess. But yeah, that, that would have been cool to go out on that. Oh no, I just checked the time. We are well over 20 minutes. We're almost at 27 minutes. I hope you're not thinking, ah, I should have just watched that sitcom instead. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have come this far, please check us out on Instagram at Goof Cinema and YouTube Goof Cinema. And please subscribe to the podcast. We'll have more soon. And the show is very much in its infancy. So. If you have any comments or criticisms or stuff that you want or don't want, hit me up and tell me. I'm very open to it. Anyway, have a great rest of your day, rest of your evening, rest of your morning, and love you. Thanks. Goofcast is created, hosted, and edited by Michael Prims. Our opening music from this episode samples the royalty-free track Free Boom Bap Drum Loop by JKD Stay Free. Our outro track is by Emma Frischetti. Thanks once again for listening and have a great one.